0: Okay, I'm going to get started. Uh, Today is July the 3rd, year 2022. And uh, today's topic is the second American Revolution, a multiracial democracy free of judicial white privilege. Uh, Tomorrow will be the July 4th, the Independence Day for this country. Uh, I have just read a uh, survey Uh, saying that uh, these days, uh, 38% of Americans uh, consider themselves to be proud uh, American. And, uh, well, there's a good reason uh, for that. Uh, For one thing, for sure, uh, America is uh, getting more and more multiracial. And uh, as the information and knowledge on history uh, of racial oppression become more and more available to the general audience overall. Uh, I just believe a lot of folks uh are believing to have a second thought about exactly what our democracy really is. So uh so so but today's topic we just want to touch on that, uh because uh the show is about judicial white privilege. The history of the judicial white privilege is literally a history of a repeated injustice, racial injustice, and the repeated injuries and the usurpations against racial minorities in a country born multiracial. In the United States Declaration of Independence, the word rights, laws, and justice are written, referenced, and pronounced in 26 different places. I will label them from A to Z. Okay, the uh, the, the founding of the U.S. in nine in 1776 is to establish a white majoritarian democracy. Okay, the the words in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution they are all looking very good, but if these laws and these constitutions are made for a white majoritarian democracy, then there will be a problem down the road. So the 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 court had the courts follow literally the law by the letters and by the you know spirits, the racial minorities would not have suffered from these repeated injuries and the uh, usurpations of their rights. And uh, by all accounts, the white judges understand That the political structure of the newly conceived government in 1776 is a white majoritarian democracy. In fact, if you, if today, if the racial minorities could replace the word, quote, the British Crown, end quote, with the word, quote, the white majoritarian democracy, end quote, in the Declaration of Independence, uh, we, the people of all races and, and ethnicities, can have a second Declaration of Independence, specifically addressed instead of to the British Crown, but to the white majoritarian rulers. So, with that said, I'm going to dive into the Declaration of Independence. Essentially, there are three parts in the Declaration of Independence. The First part states the universal principles of rights. Uh, the second part is uh, enumerated grievances against the British Crown. And the third part is uh, appealing to the other world powers, especially other European powers. Okay. So, from, you know, I, again, I split those uh, places where rights justice, laws were mentioned in the Declaration of Independence. So okay, from, from the first place place A to H, uh, it's pretty much about, all about the universal principle of rights. So number one, quote, the laws of nature and of nature's God, unquote. The Declaration of Independence is very much follow this concept of uh, rights under natural law uh natural law has a there 's a strong distinction between natural law and a man made law natural law means that these are laws need not to be written in codes or written on the book of law they are just natural so uh there's a one important uh, uh english philosopher by the name of john locke l o c k e uh, just google him and he he is uh, his inference of this uh, upon the Declaration of Independence is just tremendous. And uh, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. Uh, this guy who is living in in, in Netherlands knows about John Locke and his impact uh, 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 to, uh, in the American Revolution. So, under John Locke's uh, theory, rights under natural law is given by God. Uh, it's not given by any government and it cannot be taken away by any government, uh, you know. Uh, but there are, at the same time, uh, believe it or not, there is a concurrent scheme is that, uh, the concurrent scheme is this. What if by the natu- by na- by natural law that the, uh, that the racial minorities are of uh, inferior races? You know, I'll use uh, African-American as example. There's many, many natural science studies who were certainly fraud, uh who uh, had, that have determined that African Americans is of an inferior race, right? Uh, remember the uh, the uh, political and moral chart of the inhabited world published in 1826 around that time. Literally said, you know, the world is inhabitants are uh, classified into civilized, semi civilized, savages. And all that. So, so going back to number one, uh, the, uh, point A of the Declaration of Independence is that under the, there's a such thing called the laws of the nature and the laws of the nature's God that give rights to men. And this, uh, point B, quote, all men are created equal, end quote. Everybody knows about this phrase. But uh, you have to remember the intended audience when the Declaration of Independence was written, are uh, for whites. The audience, uh, for the, 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 the document is mostly for Europeans in the United States and uh, in Europe. They are not intended for the racial minorities, such as native Americans and the African Americans. The Founding Fathers at that time is in need of international support, especially from the European powers of the time. Okay, so all men are created equal is uh, pronounced, uh, it's a declaration that the men in America, especially the white men in America are not inferior as compared to the men in under the rule of uh, the British crown or any other European power. Okay, so in the Declaration of Independence, as we all know, uh, blacks uh, were literally written off as slaves. And the natives were literally written off as savages, right? Asians, uh, forget about Asians because uh, the Asians were such an alien race. Uh, they're not even mentioned in the Declaration of Independence. So therefore, you know, all the judges, especially white judges on the bench, since then, they all knew that the American jurisprudence never treated all men as equal let alone women, OK? We do not treat women as equal of men either. So even today, on the global scheme of things, on the global scale of things and events, the United States does not treat all other nations equally, OK? And uh, as you probably know, NATO, just by you know, finding out the member countries of NATO, NATO is an all-white militaristic organization. NATO's expansion is the new attempt of the white militaristic dominance of the entire world. Okay, this happened before, this will happen again, very likely, unless the United States leave NATO because uh, it's entirely for the protection of a European against Soviet Union. Now the Soviet Union is not in existence. uh, Any... uh, conflicts and confrontation is more than likely to be a racial one, an ethnic one, other than a political one. So, because Russia currently is not promoting communism across the entire world. Okay. Point C in the Declaration of Independence, uh, the founder says the rights are quote, endowed by their creators with a certain a." Unalienable rights. So this goes back to John Locke's natural law. These rights are given by God to the people, not given by the king and queens. There's a huge difference in, 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 in this concept even back then. In a European monarchy, but at, at, at that time, most European countries, they all have a, a king or queen of some sort, right? In a European monarchy, The God gives the sovereignty and rights to the kings and the queens. And then these kings and queens pass on these rights to the subject of the kingdom or queendom. Okay. In the Declaration of Independence and in America, for the first time, we declare the rights of man are sacred and of divine intervention. It is These rights are given to man by a God, not through a king or queen. And uh, these men, with these unalienable rights, can temporarily lend these rights to the government, turn by turn. And the violation of these rights are violation of natural laws, and are violation of of the divine power. That's important, because in the European countries, even today, in places like New Zealand, in places like Australia. Rights are not uh you know inalienable rights are given by the king and the queen. And and then the king and the queen gave it to the government, and then the government gave it to the people. That's a huge difference. Okay. The fourth point, point B quote To secure these rights government are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed, quote here this is the American concept of government. Governments are instituted among men Government are temporary they are term limited they are given by the sovereign people okay and uh, and, 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 and 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 these are the uh, they, the government can only exist when the people it govern consent to the government, okay? So here, you know, will be my question. In the Constitution, uh, sorry, in the Declaration of Independence, they don't talk about the Native Americans or or, or, or African Americans or Hispanics or Asians as uh, the governed, okay? These people, the Natives, Blacks, Hispanics, and Asians, they are not considered the governed, Okay they are, they are not their consent is not needed to form this government. as a matter of fact, here comes another story. after the, sec, uh, after the civil war, after the Civil War, many states passed a law that allow African Americans not to pay taxes. So let me repeat, after the Civil War, in many states, I know in Maryland that's I know for sure that the state lawmakers will pass laws, allow freed black people not to pay taxes. Now think about it, is that a good thing? That actually, I'll just tell you this, that is the first sign that even after the Civil War, even after the 14th Amendment, the white majoritarian democracy is persistent in excluding blacks out of the government okay why they don't want blacks to pay taxes because if they pay taxes then they will be part of the government they will have a say right? remember taxation without representation as soon as you a person pay taxes then all of a sudden that person have a have an equal say in the government so so once again on this point The Founding Father says the government has to be formed by the consent of those being governed by the government. But that does not include the Native Americans, the Blacks, Hispanics, and the Asians. Point E, that's number five. Quote, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. End quote. This uh, uh, alter or To abolish it, this it means the government. So the declaration of independence goes so far as to say if the people are not happy with the government, if the governed no longer agree with the term of the governance, the people it's the within of their rights to abolish the government, to alter the government. That's again is a very, very strong. Strongly worded universal principle of rights. So, to that, you know, you will ask the same question Do the Native Americans, the Blacks, the Hispanics, and the Asians have the rights to withdraw their consent to be governed by the white majoritarian democracy? The answer is clearly no. They're not even being asked. Does, you know, did the Black people agree the wording of the Declaration of Independence? That they should continue to be slaves? Same with the na- native people, right? So you know, do the natives, the blacks, Hispanics, and Asians have the rights to and, and a duty, remember, in the Declaration of Independence, it says it's actually it's the duty, not just the rights, it's the duties of the people to alter and abolish the government. So do the Native Americans, the blacks, Hispanics, and the Asians have the right to abolish and alter the white majoritarian government. Again, like I said, if you replace the word the British Crown with the white majoritarian democracy, you can have all kinds of grievances if you're a racial minority. Okay, so number, f- uh, uh, point F. Point F, quote, most likely to affect their safety, and happiness, quote. Again, these are all Founding Fathers' words. The pursuit of happiness, as the Declaration of Independence said, is an alienable right under the natural law. No government, no courts, no police can stop you. Okay, that's what he says. Like I mentioned earlier, for the women who want to pursue consensual sexual intercourse with men, and somehow they get pregnant for whatever reason, Good or bad, they want to terminate that pre- uh, pregnancy to keep themselves happy. Do they have the right to do that? Well, guess what? The U.S. Supreme Court has recently said no. They don't have the right rights to pursue happiness, for God's sake. <laughs> right? So, so, so this once again just shows that the so-called. Oh, oh by the way, the reason the the Declaration of Independence. says You have to overthrow the government. You have to alter or abolish the government to most likely to affect your safety and happiness. When you find out you are no longer secure and you are no longer happy because of the government, you have the duties, not just the rights, to abolish and to alter. That's a profoundly dangerous concept by no other than the founding fathers. Right? So, So just on this point, of effect uh, their safety and their happiness. The white majority's property rights comes from the happiness. Possessions brings happiness. Therefore, there's a need for the white majority to possess the land from the natives. When you have the native's land, then you need uh, someone labor to, to, to cultivate those lands, to possession of slaves is the happiness of the white majority. Therefore, the law must allow slavery, right? And should the safety and the happiness of a white majority tyrant democracy come at the expense of the safety and the happiness of racial minorities, what the court will say, they take a guess, right? The court will say, yeah, that's okay. So like I said, it's the court who made John Punch an indentured slave, uh, sorry, an indentured laborer originating from Africa to become a slave. That's the, that's the power of possession. That's the power to effect the safety and the happiness of a white majority. And the courts is the one who started. And uh, most recently in the U.S. versus uh, Madero, Again, this uh, Puerto Rican person whose social, SSI, I think it, these are the disability, federal disability benefit, was terminated simply because he's in the, the territory of Puerto Rico. What about his happiness from those disability payment? Uh, that's not the concern of the court. The law is the law. right? So, so you got the idea. And uh, in the, oh, by the way, I see Baidi here, okay. I'm gonna invite Baidi as a speaker. Yeah. Baidi, feel free to speak up. Uh uh. So so I'm going to now go to uh, so, uh uh point G. Here it is, okay? It is their rights, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide a new guard for their future security. So what the declaration of independence is saying. If you feel your safety, your security, your happiness is being threatened by the government, you not only have a right to throw off such government, you have a duty to throw off such government. So I literally, i be honest with you, I feel I have a duty to broadcast the history of judicial white privilege in America, okay? Because the court is a damn noble lie all by itself. Okay, So it's my duty to tell the truth. So 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 I'm gonna ask, is it the right and the duty of racial minorities to throw off such a government and the court? To provide a new guards for their future security? You know, like I'm a Chinese. Would, would all the Chinese be round up in an internment camp in case there's some kind of international disputes that America is part of the conflict? Yeah. Is it the right and duty of a woman to throw, throw off such a court? That just eviscerated their rights to pursue happiness? Pursuing happiness is written in the Declaration of Independence. Okay, Justice Alito, take that. Is it a matter of safety in Roe and Wade, or is it a matter of uh, happiness in Roe v. Wade? You know, so, 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 so now, up to point H, this is where the Declaration of Independence lay out the fundamental principle of America. The only thing is that it only applied to the white majority, not to the racial minority. Okay, so, so the in the next portion, I'm just going to quickly go over the second part of the Declaration of Independence. These are I call it enumerated grievances against. The British Crown. You know, just like in any lawsuit you're going to file, you have to allege specific claim of a wrongdoing by the defendant, right? And then you have to seek for relief based on those specific allegation of a wrongdoings. In this case, by the British Crown. So the second portion of the Declaration of Independence, basically, Declaration of Independence reads like a lawsuit. Okay at the global level, at the, at, at the universal level. Okay. So it talks, like I mentioned earlier, it talks a great deal about the laws, about the jurisdiction, about the justice and all that. So it's a very legally written document. So I'm going to do point I, law quote, laws, the most wholesome and the necessary for the public good, end quote. So the grievances here, the British Crown did not recognize laws. OK, so basically the founding father is, uh, is accusing the British Crown of being lawlessness, not being governed by laws. Well, my point is this. The laws, no matter how wholesome and necessary for the public good, can only be effectuated the way the courts administer them. It's eventually at the end, it's the judges who the law. effectuate the law, right? Who has the final say about the laws for the public good? In this case, you know, in my theory, it's the judicial white privileges who who had the final say. They all understand America's democracy at the founding is a purely white majoritarian democracy. They know that. They will issue rulings according to that. My apology. uh, Today I'm doing this uh, podcast outdoors. And uh, because the weather is super nice. So you'll hear some noises. uh, uh, Point J, quote, pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, end quote. The British crown did not allow the colonies to enact their own laws. Next point. These are all specific allegations by the founding fathers. Refuse, quote, refuse to pass other laws for the accommodation of a large districts of people unless those people would elinqu- relinquish the right of representation in the legislature." Unquote. So basically the, the founding fathers accused the British Crown of refusing to give the colonies and their population their own rights to make their own laws. Oh, by the way, how many laws in America are made by black people, by Native Americans, by the Asian people? by the Puerto Ricans, by the Hispanics. The British crown did not allow the colonies to make their own law, just like the mi- white majoritarian rulers in this country would not allow racial minorities to be part of a lawmaking process, right? Remember that free, uh, the blacks, freed blacks need not to pay taxes. What a brilliant idea, right? So that they will be excluded from the government. Next one, quote, legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. The Founding Father says here, the British Crown's own legislature was intentionally kept far away from the colonies and their populations. So that the colonies and the populations there were forced to obey the British law. Okay? Of course, that's bad. Next one, point M. In quote, invasions on the rights of the people, end quote. The British Crown dissolved any political opposition daring to complain about invasion of the rights of the people in America. Point N. End quote obstructing the laws for the naturalization of foreigners end quote this is just cracks me up here comes another great replacement theory by the founding fathers the founding fathers as accusing the British crown did not recognize the, uh, the, the, uh, the 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 there's a great immigration of Europeans into America and they are they are, you know the British crown is uh, by 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 not agreeing with the making laws, the British Crown is obstructing more European whites coming into America. To them that's a big, big no no. Just remember that's this is the great replacement theory. Okay? Right at the time of the founding of this country. Point O quote obstructed the administration of justice, comma, by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers, end quote. The British crown, how dare they, did not recognize the administration of justice or judiciary. So basically, we're accusing British crown of being lawlessness. Again, not respecting the judges and the judiciary. Point P, quote, made judges dependent on his will alone. His will, meaning the will of the British king. So, so the British crown had made judges as a tool of his will. This is another good point. You know, my argument is this. Are the, are the judicial white privileges sitting on the bench in the federal court and the state courts since the founding of this country? Are they just a tool of the political will of this white majoritarian democracy? I think they are. The courts are tools. The laws are tools that control people, the vast majority of the people, and keep the interest, the property interest, of a select a few. You know, it. You know, this is, this is what the court has been. Right. So, so we're You know, the founding fathers has uh, you know, accused British Crown of making judges. A judiciary is not an independent branch of government, but just a tool of his will. But uh, guess what? In a white majoritarian democracy, judiciary is also a tool of the political will. Point Q. Quote, the military independent of and the superior to the civil power. Unquote. I like this one also. Because uh, the founding fathers actually hate military because mostly they are british military right and actually in another place they have said they have a standing armies in America from Britain without the consent of our legislature, meaning the american lawmakers the the, the colonies they have never made laws to allow British armies to be in the american soil and the british you know the the British crown just send the military. That actually is relevant today. You know, remember the word military-industrial complex? Remember the word the deep state? These are all the words of today. The, 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 the administrative state of a national security. These people are national security people. These are military people. They can do anything, even today, and get away from it. All right. so, so the Founding Fathers Keep complaining It's a long list of complaints Quote Subject us to a jurisdiction Foreign to our Constitution So the British Crown Had no legal jurisdiction Over the colonies And our populations Because your jurisdiction Is foreign to us Next one Accusing the military again Okay See as the uh, Founding Fathers They hate military power By the way Quote For protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states. The British Crown allowed the military of the British to get away from murdering the inhabitants of America. Well, just think about it. You know, these days, our military, American military, get away from murder of inhabitants of other parts of the world. So, what we're doing is pretty much what the British crown was doing back then, so which you know may not make you too proud now, I'm saying this not as a pessimistic person. I have a great optim great hope for America because we can do this, you know we can unite, we can get rid of this judicial white privilege okay so next one again, long list by the founding fathers quote depriving us. Of the benefit of a trial by jury, so the British Crown trial was unfair because it often was not trial by the peers of the of the inhabitants uh, in America. Next one quote transporting us beyond seas to be trial to be to be tried for pretended offences. End quote. So the British Crown has prosecuted Americans outside the boundaries of the colonies uh, for some, you know, made-up offenses. And uh, that is not, you know, that is not a, a, a dead concept either, right? We've been, we remember Guantanamo Bay uh, Prison, right? These are the incarceration facilities outside the boundary of the United States for the sole purpose that the conduct by the U.S. military will not be checked by the Constitution of the United States. Is that right? And you know, and also, we know under the Obama administration, there, I heard is overseas a lot of uh, 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 killings done to American citizens uh, by drone strikes. Those are the... Uh, take, uh, those are constitute a taking of a life without a trial. Right. So next one. Quote, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws. This again, the British crown is being accused of taking away the laws made by the colonies and their population. Next one. Quote, suspending our own legislature. The British crown stopped us making our own laws. Okay. so. So, so. So that is the second part. These are, I call it, specific allegations by the uh, founding fathers, accusing the British Crown, you know, the wrongdoings they did. And uh, and the next one, the last section, they are calling they are they are calling for the judgment by the other world powers, okay? So they basically, first, they start with this. So, so this, now I'm into the third segment of the Declaration of Independence. Quote, we have petitioned for redress, end quote, for all those wrongs done by the British Crown, the Founding Fathers is alleging that uh, were alleging that, they have peacefully asked for corrective actions made by the British Crown to address those things. Okay, so remember this, the founding fathers at the first segment lay out the universal principle of a democracy, which is all good. This is all good, right? And then they said the British Crown has violated all these democratic principles, which is still all good, right? So now they're seeing the founding fathers, before they taking up arms to overthrow the government, to abolish the government, to alter the government violently, before they do that, they actually laid out, say, we want to do it civilly. We want to do it through a nonviolent way. So they said, we have petitioned for redress. In other words, the colonies and their population has peacefully petitioned repeatedly the British Crown to change his tyrannic rules. What I want to say is this. I have to go over a lot of cases, right? In the history of American jurisprudence, racial minorities have repeatedly and peacefully and respectfully petitioned the court to address their grievances, right? Dress up. Basically, this African man saying, I'm in Missouri, Missouri is a free state, and then I should be a free man. Very peaceful. Right? He's not like taking up an arm to shoot up some slave owners. He went to the court. How the court treated him. Horrible. Right? Plassey versus Ferguson. Homer Plassey, I remember, he's a seven-eighth of a white and one-eighth of an African. Not white enough to the court. He has to be treated separately. Again. The, our, the racial minorities have a peacefully petitioned for, re, for, for, for redress, just like the founding fathers peacefully petitioned the British Crown to change his tyrannic rules. But the British Crown said, go after yourself, right? To the racial minorities in this country up to today, still going on, is that if you're a racial minority, you petition the court for redress of your grievances. The court says, go after yourself. That's what the judicial white privilege is telling you, okay? But however, the founding fathers is very diplomatic, very strategic. They still lay out saying, "Hey, we have peacefully petitioned for the change. You refuse to do so." Now here comes the you know the last part of the third part of the founding fathers. Quote, appealing to the supreme judge of the world. End quote. Now, here comes an interesting concept that the Founding Fathers already thought about. You know, we all know they lay out this uh, democratic principle, very nice looking, very nice, okay, just very nice. They are appealing to the other European powers. So please, you know, we, we just not, cannot put up with this, with the British crime anymore, right? Here, at the very end, they are appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world, is not a judge in the British crown because they have said those judges are a tool of the king's will. They did not appeal to a judge in a, in America because uh, we don't have the judiciary to, do, to issue those judgments. They appeal to the supreme judge of the world. Now that itself is a fascinating and very visionary concept. You know, in my past episode, I've talked about Malcolm X. Malcolm X, when he was still alive, he has saw the futility of uh, demanding civil rights in America for blacks. He actually wants to escalate civil rights into human rights and appeal to the United Nations. Let United Nations to be the supreme judge of the world. You know, so Malcolm X is actually not that far off from what the founding fathers was were demanding back then, right? So, 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 so just remember that the founding fathers actually is very visionary. You know, the only thing I think they missed is that, you know, I mean, you. They are just doing a white majoritarian democracy. They are not doing it for all the people. And they knew it. I think they knew it. I think Thomas Jefferson is deeply, uh, I will not use the word concerned, but he's deeply in thoughts about what to do with the slaves. He does not like slavery, but he does he's trying to figure out what to do with the slaves. Right? So, the founding fathers are very fish- uh, visionary. So, that's why I'm not entirely critical of founding fathers. After all, you know, they risked their lives, they risked everything they have to, to declare independence. So, so, with that, I'm going to uh, you know, quickly uh, conclude today's episode. Just today, I call it the other inhabitants of America. That means racial minorities whose rights of a man were and continue to be violated by a ma- white majoritarian democracy. In this situation, should, should we appeal to the United Nations? You, you using the women as example, right? I think it's pretty much a universally respected, recognized rights when it comes to the re- reproductive rights, uh, when it comes to women, right? We, this country is going to go. Th- it's going to go through a whole bunch of chaos when the states to pick up the this is gigantic task of figuring out the reproductive re- reproductive rights. You know, in the coming month and year. Okay, when these rights are considered universal, do these women who are impacted have the rights to go to the United Nations, saying, "Hey, America is worse than some of the you know developing countries when it comes to." Reproductive rights, and therefore they want the Supreme Judge of the world, that is the United Nations, to issue an opinion, Reestablish establish Roe v. Wade. How's that sound? So I'm going to conclude. So, from a single race perspective, or for, for from a or Western perspective, the Declaration of Independence, this document, represents an undeniably reality of time. America was a born multiracial. But was founded as a white majoritarian democracy. So this document has its greatness, and it also has its severe shortcomings. However, you know, put things optimistically, from a multiracial perspective, from a universal perspective, and from a global perspective, the Declaration of Independence is a a perfect political aspiration for. Anyone, of all races, under all ethnicity. And he actually, in my opinion, is a realistic form of self-government. By self-government, I mean, once again, I believe the power belongs to the people. Always belongs to the people. I don't care what kind of a government you're going to have. We can have a communist government, a socialist government, a republican government, a Democrats government. As long, as soon as the government is... Uh, taking away the rights of people under the natural law that that government immediately lost its legitimacy and that's what the declaration of independence says and i like it you know in fact if we as americans can somehow reach the promised land that, that, that dr king has said that each and every inhabitant of america regardless of his, her race, ethnicity, gender, and all that, if every and each inhabitant can be, tra- can be treated equally under the law, then America will be okay. Okay, The problem is, in my opinion, the problem is that the courts, our courts are manned by judicial white privileges. That's the case at the founding of this country, and as of today. The court established American slavery. The court took away the women's rights. The court allowed separate but equal, among many things. Okay, so so you know, today the court has said the women's rights in the in the reproductive area is not written in the constitution. Well, yeah, that is true, as was written, but but. but the, You know, as as it was written, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution never set any rights for the Black people, for the Native Americans, for the Hispanics, for the Asians, or for the women. There's no mentioning of these people or women in the Declaration of Independence. Even they are mentioned like the Natives or the Blacks, they're all literally written as slaves and savages. Okay? So 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 in my opinion, the Declaration of Independence, especially the first portion, declared that these universal rights under natural law, not by US Constitution, not by Constitution of Russia. It's under the natural law, these are rights established. The sad part is this, it's the U- Supreme Court of the United States took these rights away case by case, case by case, among all those awful cases decided by U.S. Supreme Court. So therefore, I'm going to conclude that we shall alter or abolish the courts because when we no longer consent to their rulings, all those rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court that I have mentioned are garbages, worse than garbages. We shall abolish the courts as we know them, as we know how they operate. We shall abolish the courts by altering the courts I'm not talking about any violent means. There's impeachment. There are many, many things you can do about those judges. We should eradicate judicial white privilege out of the administration of justice. The day judicial white privilege lives, the, 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 the racial injustice will persist. It will never die. So, you know, therefore, you know, this is why I want to call it, I think America of a second declaration of independence, so with that, that's what I want to talk about today. Well, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, now let me reach out to the Baidi, uh, see whether he has any comments.
1: Yeah, great, on the episode. Words. great episode, Peter. Loved it.
0: You lo- love okay, it. I
1: agree, so- with, I agree with all of it, it's a really good stuff.
0: I again, I appreciate. Uh, I want to do this. I remember this guy, uh, Professor Gerald Horn, H O R N E. He, I think, he's a history professor uh, in uh, University of Houston, and he has sometimes he said sometimes there's some books you just have to write. <laughs> so to me, that this is a little podcast that I have to do <laughs> because I thought about it for a long time. I do want to educate the public, especially you know white people and racial minorities. Like yeah, you
1: know, yeah. About I, how I the mean, courts
0: I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go ahead. I,
1: I really don't think they understand how much the courts, uh, especially the Supreme Court in particular, gets away with creating new law and taking away people's rights, and all on the whim of nine unelected justices. Um, yeah, the, the you know, higher the you... people... mm-hmm. oh, well, Go sorry. ahead. Uh, like go um, ahead. you know, a lot of people who point to originalism and things like that uh, neglect to mention even Marbury versus Madison or something mm-hmm. where. You know, the court has now given itself this authority to decide what the Constitution says and what is and what is not constitutional, which is not a power that it has in the
0: Constitution. Too. Yes, um, you're right. The, yes. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Because <laughs> oh, I yeah. know you're a lawyer. I know you're a yeah. lawyer by the day I will remember seeing you. It's great because uh, I'm going to do like a, at least five episodes just on this uh, uh uh, Dobbs versus jackson i oh, actually I is going to take yeah. the originalistic approach to say actually the u s because i have telling i 've been telling people the original roe v way is decided is supported by five republican nominated justices. You yeah. simply cannot say these people are not originalistic right you cannot say they are less Christian. i mean among them they decide say yeah, actually the woman has that right you know I'm gonna say, i 'm not going to say they they I, I did it wrong because I always said this. Uh, 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 you cannot have a, a white, old white court to decide a slave case because the slave is a black person and the judges are all white. It cannot be fair. You can, in the Roe v. Wade, you cannot have an old man court to decide a woman's case. Because even though okay. I believe Roe v. Wade, the conclusion is correct, but the approach is wrong. And, and however at least these republican nominated justices justice i think there's a five or six of them who sided with Roe, they actually knew from the bottom of their heart even from their religion that uh, you know the women probably do have that rights even though it's not written in the constitution you know but so go ahead I, I'm, I'm sorry I keep cutting you short <laughs> i talk so much <laughs> now i'm cutting you no, short no 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 <laughs> everything
1: you're saying is great um... You know, I don't have too much to add besides that. But I think I think you're right. I think what I think most people don't really understand just how subjective the court has been in its history, how um, how, you know, it has this air of being this impartial institution above politics and it never, ever has been. Uh, And I think, you know, if you really want to get people to understand obviously you know you mentioned Plesson versus Ferguson and yeah that's a guy who's one-eighth black right he's 7 seven-eighth, seven-eighth white and uh that whole case basically says well you know the the black man has no rights that the white man is bound to respect and this is totally in contradiction to the declaration of their independence which says that the respecting of rights is not is inalienable, right? Like there are certain yeah. like things that, that are just that exactly. no one can give you or take away. They are obviously
0: exactly. so completely inconsistent, completely yeah, inconsistent, exactly. ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. exactly. These questions, they say, you know, just, just I, I call these, uh, dog I call it a little five, right? You know, in this case, I, I call them a little five. They're questions, but they do not understand when the rights are given by God, by the God you pray about. You have you right. as a human being have actually right. no rights. Being a judge right. or police or a lawmaker has no right to take away. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the founding father right. said, right? If, if
1: the right is given by God, then maybe you should shut the fuck up. You know, like maybe you should just shut exactly. up. And let, let the let the right be the right. Right, you don't have to participate.
0: Yeah, the the natural law, you know, it's called the natural law, meaning these are laws not written in the book. It's a, it's a how natural nature follows it. You know, exactly. uh, you know this is where I, I you know, I, I mean, uh, I, mean uh, I know uh, you, uh, I, I have read some of your uh, uh, comments and all that. I know you are on the left side of the progress side of the political spectrum. But I'll tell you this, I'm going to uh, call in on the Katie Hopper show uh, next, next one when she has it. You now I'm very disappointed with the progressive also because uh uh to defeat judicial white privilege, these are very smart people they are very selective they are highly intelligent right you actually have to use their game to beat them. You cannot just use a political statement this is my opinion okay like i I have seen this uh, a uh, Yale law professor uh talk for over an hour with the Katie helper. And say he's saying he's so uh upset about the uh, Dobbs versus Jackson that he believed the second Amendment should be abolished. I was like, all oh, these constitutional rights the founding father has said these are all called the god given there's no law you can make to take it away you know unless you have a national referendum on things you know and uh, and and so you know before you know so so, I'm just uh, very disappointed on the which because in one of the I'm going to do, uh, it's called the unholy union uh, of a, uh, against judicial white privilege. Uh, I'm going to talk about the uh, justice uh, Sotomayor and the justice Gorsuch. Uh, I just think justice Sotomayor, in my opinion, is a, is a representative of failure of the progressive uh, judges the justices. I have a lot of respect for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, because I know she has that high-level judicial intellect that can be matched with, uh, like, a Justice uh, uh, Anthony Anthony, uh, Scalia. Uh, These days, uh, these uh, uh, justices on the progressive side, they will just make a conclusive political statement. They will not dive into the Original texture of things such as Independence, the uh, Declaration of Independence, such as the John Locke uh, philosophy, which has a huge impact on the Declaration of Independence. And we all forgot about it. You know, we just burn some fireworks and we celebrate Independence Day. We forgot about everyone forgot about rights, their rights that are actually yeah is so undeniable, right? So yeah, yeah. I think some, I think that
1: mm-hmm. is important. I think I think um. You know, you made the comment about Malcolm X earlier about how he thought we should appeal to the U.N. uh, instead of the, uh, you know, the Supreme Court for uh, various multitude of reasons. And and mainly because the U.S. Supreme Court was not going to recognize any rights that uh, he or people who look like him had. I think, though, that, um, you know, I understand why a lot of progressives just completely throw their hands up and say, well, I can tell that the institution is legitimate. And therefore, I don't really need to know the ins and outs of that system because the system itself is illegitimate because look at the application of the system. But there is something to mm-hmm. be said about being able to speak in the language of the reasoning that these people are purportedly using to justify their power and deconstruct yes. it based on their own precedent, right? Based on the
0: own yes I know exactly yeah. what you saying. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Because this, this, uh, uh, this, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, uh, I, uh, how to pronounce your name? By, Oh, it's just, it's just bide. just, bide. Bide. Okay, I, I want to say it pro- properly. Bide. So you're so correct. Basically, uh, I, uh, because uh, you know, you can tell, I actually do talk to lawyers. You know, uh, and uh, I have a lawyer friends and all that, right? So I have told, uh, I said, told this lawyer, uh, and uh, I said. This uh, uh, Dobbs versus uh, Jackson is so hilariously wrong. It gives me so many ammunitions. The, I said I would do s- five separate episodes. The, fourth, the four are the easy ones. Just saying this decision will be conflicting with the existing federal laws in other areas. I'm going to actually make up cases just going to embarrass the shit out of this sub- 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 Supreme Court. Right. This is the first thing right. I want to do. Basically, what you are making the law, the, the, the decision you are making now, is going to impact the enforcement of other federal laws in other areas. And he, I told him, he agreed with me about the four. The fifth one is about from a pure constitutional perspective, use the same originalistic approach, textual approach, and the, the you cannot make that conclusion because the actual original Roe v Wade is concluded correctly, but if the original right, Roe v. Wade put everyone on a separate slope, which I'm, you know, so I told him that this thing is gonna take me weeks to come up with because it's very complicated. But I, was, I yeah. told him that I'm gonna do the first, of, uh, four i I'm just saying, you have this law, I'm gonna make up a story. Okay, I'm gonna make a real life story. How are you gonna deal with it? Because uh, as you probably know about it, that there's a Texas woman who did some abortion to herself mm-hmm and uh, was taken to the hospital, and then yeah. the nurse yeah. reported him, her, and uh, he, yeah. she got arrested, this one. You yeah. remember that case, right? I don't know the name, yeah. right? So my question is this. Yeah, yeah you know about that, right? So I, uh, this is the first one I'm gonna talk about. How come that nurse is not arrested for violating uh, HIPAA law? Because I'm in healthcare. I see yeah. tons <laughs> of uh, patients' uh, history. I mean, I don't, yeah. you are say, no, I'm saying no. Look, if Mississippi saying for each abortion crime, uh, you you have uh, authority, state authority, to uh, to prosecute, you get ten thousand dollars. Wow, I have seen, uh, 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 I, I have access to this huge hospital in say a uh, Mississippi that I can see so many women had abortion, and I'm going to report yeah. to the local authority. I'm going to collect yeah. my ten thousand dollars by violating the HIPAA law. What you the know, f is wonder- that? I wonder uh, if those
1: statutes, I wonder if those statutes, if there's some kind of exemption that they put in for HIPAA, and then you would end up being able to challenge that in the Supreme Court later, right? Because,
0: yeah, obviously, yeah, it yeah. it's
1: the yeah. federal law, right?
0: Exactly. So, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Because i mean, healthcare. You know, I think you probably do not know, but my house was searched by the FBI. <laughs> Oh, Literally. Really? yeah, Yeah. They actually Hell recently yeah. told me this over two years ago. And this okay. is re- until recently they said they found nothing about me. <laughs> so I said, I told you I did not violate, because I'm in healthcare. I said, I have never violated HIPAA law as written. And uh, and so I know the HIPAA law. I will never violate that because the privacy is other people's rights. I'm in no position to violate. No government is in a position to violate either. Right. 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 So, right. so, right. Talk about it, so, So I was like, because you know, no, this is they give me a lot of emanations, these judicial white privileges. You know, they think they are better. No, I think I'm smarter than they are. Yeah, and
1: uh, yeah, I think so. You have you have a really good command of the the material. I'll say that, and I learn a lot. Great listening to
0: you. So I really I really enjoy it. You're doing a great work. Trust me, more to come. I was like, uh, I cannot keep up with this thing because <laughs> I don't do this for money, you know? Right. I'm not a journalist by trade. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, you know, I'm more in the technical side, <laughs> but right. this is fun stuff. <laughs> right, so, yeah. Jen yeah. is listening. Let me see whether Jen has anything to say. I'll make Jen a speaker. I'm not sure whether Jen is a woman or not. Oh, North is coming up. Is North a woman or... No, no, I want to no, talk to a no, woman, as a matter of fact. North
1: is, is a dude... Um... Good dude. He's a dude. Though.
0: Okay. Yeah, good dude. <laughs> okay, cool. So, no, I'm going to make you a speaker in case you want to speak. <laughs> Fly over and missed everything. That's okay. You can listen to uh to the recording later. That's fine. You know, yeah. it's a great episode. And uh, really any, great episode. Any, uh and Peter Any I, else, if, no way out.
1: Sorry. go ahead. Go ahead. i go have ahead, a hard bye. out at uh, 7. So, I got to take mm-hmm. off, but uh
0: no, y'all no. should appreciate stick, it. You're around, coming up. stick
1: around and t- speak to Peter uh, tune into his show, every time he does it it's really good stuff, he's got a appreciate really good it. mind for this uh, constitutional sort of interpretation stuff with um, how it's being selectively applied
0: nowadays, so uh, definitely great the pr- show everyone appreciate it, appreciate it, thank you sir Okay, everybody have a great, uh, happy 4th uh, of July and uh, let's still celebrate, okay, there are problems in this country but We should be hopeful that we we, we can make a fundamental change and get rid of those uh, judicial white privileges. All right. With that, thank you, everybody. And uh, have a great evening. Goodbye now.